Greetings and welcome to the First Nazareth Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Blakely Scott, and I'm going to take this opportunity to thank you for taking time to tune into our podcast. We pray that it will be a blessing to you. May we bow together, God, in the sweet, wonderful, and strong name of Jesus. We are before you in thanksgiving and in praise because you are God, you are good, and you've been so kind to us. We can't thank you enough. Now, Lord, it's time for your word to be preached, and we beg that you would give permission to the real preacher to come and take control of the next few fleeting moments. And we promise to always give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. It is in the wonderful name of him who died for our sins, Jesus, our Christ, Lord, and Savior, your servant's prayer. Amen. Amen. I need God is wonderful. Amen. He's marvelous. As we begin our uh, series of messages to focus on the season of Thanksgiving, amen. Everybody in the store done moved to Christmas, but we're not skipping over over Thanksgiving. Amen. And uh, we have been led to the familiar passage of sacred scripture in Psalm number 100, verse number 4. Psalm number 100, verse number 4. I shall read Old Faithful initially, King James Version, and then we'll follow with the Holy Bible, easy to read version, revised edition. The King James Version of Psalm 104 reads, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. And then in the easy-to-read version, revised edition, it reads, Come through the gates to his temple, giving thanks to him. Enter his courtyards with songs of praise. Honor him and bless his name. Well, for the past few Sundays, I've been just giving one subject, but I got three today. Amen. First, I came to praise him. I came, I believe I got some people who don't mind joining in with me. I, I came to praise him. The, the, the second subject or subtopic would be too thankful to not worship. Too thankful to not worship. And then the third is carrying on what was done in advance. Carrying on what was done in advance. We need your prayers. The Lord has led us to this familiar and frequently cited passage of sacred scripture for the purpose of renewing and giving new endorsement to an enjoyable, fervent worship. 
Not to put anyone down or to put anyone on edge. The Lord's aim, intent, and desire is for everyone to feel free to be yourself without apprehension, anxiety, or alarm. For the outward expressive and for those who are quick to show some sign, the Lord says, go right ahead. And for the silent, still, and stoic, he says, that's all right, too. But what really matters is that you get in where you fit in and all come together for the specific purpose of expressing your gratitude, your praise, and your awareness of how blessed you are just to be in the number one more time. Again, I say for the purpose of giving added emphasis that all ought to get in where you fit in and have a harmonious unified and, and one on one accord gathering in thanksgiving worship to the Lord. Well, important for us to note is that in order for that to happen, there should be a proper and positive preconceived notion by all that the reason that you are a part of this worship in person or by way of virtual means is because you feel that God has been good to you. Also to all of those who are around you and that he is worthy of your worship. You didn't wait until the moment, but while you were in preparation, you had already determined that worship was what you were going to do. As you look back over your life and notice some of the things that the Lord has done for you, and then as you take inventory of how it is for you right now, your attitude of gratitude got cranked up, revved up, and even fired up. So even before the prescribed clock time for worship took place, your mind, your heart, and your spirit had come together in a preparation caucus in order to instigate, initiate, and inaugurate a spirit of praise. In other words, before the church door opened, or even before the call of worship was uttered, or even before you left the place of your residence, you were already ready to engage in the matter at hand. Listening to the psalmist as he outlined the proper protocol for authentic and genuine worship where he said enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise be thankful unto him and bless his name you were already primed prepped and prepared as a practitioner ready for what was yet going to take place uh, once you got into where the corporate worship was going on. In other words, your intent, purpose, and desire from Jump Street were to actively engage in communal focus on the Lord. You came here to worship him before you arrived here. You intended to praise him, and it was your earnest desire at a much earlier time to let him know how truly grateful that you are. In other words, what you do is a result of what was done in advance. I believe I got some help in here. Well, needless to say in order for all of that or uh, even it for any of that to take place uh, there must be a certain kind of mindset uh, involved there ought to be some preliminary precipitation taking place prior to your arrival which could start as early as when you open your eyes to a brand new day causing you to feel the genuine delight of thanksgiving and praise 
or it could have been when you had your opportunity to exercise your motor skill to just roll over or to put one foot uh, uh, before another as you got on the floor or it may have been as even as early as when you had your first moment of conscious awareness produced by your brain that made you realize that, that you were being blessed by God who in spite of the fact that he had the whole world to be concerned about he thought enough of you to stop by your house and to touch you with his divine finger of love like the singer you said in your own way I woke up this morning <laughs> with my mind stayed on Jesus hallelujah therefore your gratitude activated your attitude in such a way that you had worship and praise on your mind Yes, the coffee was on your agenda. Your devotional time was too. Even the food that you uh, ate was as well. But it was all uh, a part of your preliminary preparation to engage yourself in genuine, authentic, and intentional worship and praise to the Lord. I ran across something in my reading this week, a statement that said, prepare your heart for worship by an initial setting of your will. As you continue, you will ride the crest of swelling devotion to a majestic God. To which I feel like adding that you will ride the crest of swelling the devotion to a majestic God who has been better than good to you, who has done so much for you, who has been there with you and for you every step of the way, who blessed you with life, health, and strength, who arranged it so that even though things may not be exactly like you want them to be, uh, they aren't as bad as they really could be, and who was uh, uh, has done so much for you that you really just can't tell it all. Thus, I restate in order to reiterate that your initial awareness activated your preliminary preparation to engage yourself in genuine, authentic, and intentional worship and praise to the Lord. In other words, you didn't wait until you got here, but even before you started on your way, you had a mind and a determination that you were going to praise his high and holy name. That's why I like the easy to read version, revised edition of the Bible that says, Come through the gates uh, to his temple, giving thanks to him. Enter his courtyards uh, with songs of praise. Honor him and bless him. You see, since the gates will be on the outer periphery of the property, then that indicates that even before you hit the grounds, your praise mechanism should have been activated and demonstrated. Not after you get in, but before even you put your feet on the property. Somebody ought to give God some glory. Well, the question may surface as to whether or not that is to indicate that worship and praise is actually a pre-planned activity. To which I delightfully respond by saying yes, it is. Just like you pre-planned to go to work. Just like you pre-planned to go to the grocery store or to Walmart or to the hairdresser or to the barber shop or to any other place that you frequent. For most of the time you don't just stumble upon them by accident but you make preliminary plans that get you going to go where you're going. So it ought to be with worship. Worshippers ought to plan in advance that that's what you're going to do. Praises should have it as a part of their regular routine that uh, it, it's going to be something that you're going to do in order to praise his holy name. 
and all who are consciously aware of the fact that if it had not been for the Lord, uh, don't tell him where you would be, how it would be, or even if it would be, uh, then as soon as you came to that awareness, you made up your mind that the least you could do was to worship and praise him in some kind of way. Can I get a witness? Uh, a singer not too long ago came to that same conclusion and said, praise is what I do when I want to get close to you. Now before someone tries to dismiss the sermon as being about having a noisy, passionate, emotional driven and entertaining session in a place of worship, allow me to remind you that we said at the onset of this preach word and I quote not to put anyone down or to put anyone on the edge the Lord's aim, intent and desire is for everyone to feel free to be yourself without apprehension, anxiety or alarm. You see what Worship is not just what is shown on the outside, but it also what's going on on the inside. How much reverence the worshiper has for this awesome God that we serve. How grateful the worshiper is for what God has done through the personage and presence of his son, our Savior. How God indwells the worshiper with the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Ghost. How we didn't have to, don't have to look, go looking for God because he's always right there. He's everywhere and somewhere all at the same time. How when we were weak, he makes us strong. When we fall, he picks us up. When we stray, he waits on us to come back to him. And when we mess up, he forgives us and gives us another chance. Now, if what is going on on the inside of the worshiper generates some kind of sign on the outside, all well and good. For to legitimize the outward exhibition of praise, it should be the result of the inward disposition of how grateful the worshiper is, how aware of how amazing it is to be in a relationship with the same one who created the world, the universe, the galaxies, and all that is, and how fortunate it is to have watching over us, watching out for us, and always watching us. It's him who has all power in his hand, who has a tender heart and a gentle hand, and who admits without hesitation, reservation, or vacillation that he loves us. He cares for us and that he invested in us the costly sacrifice of his son Jesus Christ our Lord now tell me who wouldn't put forth the earnest effort to worship him to praise him and to let him know how grateful that they are no wonder the psalmist said enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise be thankful unto him and bless his name and then to give a reason as to why you ought to do what you do it says in the very next verse for the lord is good <laughs> yes him is his mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations somebody ought to yell back at me he sure is now just in case uh, it, it may cross somebody's mind that maybe the purpose for this message is to arouse those who don't come to church to come to church allow me to make it clear that I have come to the point in, the, uh, in my life that I'm not worried myself over who ain't him. 
I'm just so thankful to each and every one of you who is here. I, I praise God for you. I thank him for you. And I'm so happy to have the opportunity to fellowship and worship with you. You see, I, I think we all will agree that you can be so busy looking at who ain't in your life that you can miss out on the blessing that the Lord has given you by way of those that he has blessed you to have in your life. Therefore, the best thing that we can do is to praise the Lord together and to thank him for our praise partners that he has blessed us to have in person or by way of virtual means. However, we can hook up uh, is all right with me. Can I get a witness? Even if it, they, the church may not be like it once was, it is like it is. And I'm happy with that. Well, now that that is clear, let's see if we can get back to the matter at hand which is to have the best praise and worship that we can have. But after all, God is more than worthy of the best that we can give. Somebody ought to say amen. You know, we blessed by the best. So we ought to bless the best with our best. Somebody ought to give God some glory. And in so doing, we may want to pick up where we left off at the emphasizing how good it is to proactively engage oneself even prior to arrival on the premises. Again, using the easy to read version of Psalm 100 verse number 4 that says, through the gates to his temple giving thanks to him that's even before you get on the grounds of the building into his courtyards with songs of praise somebody yell back at me parking lot parking lot uh, honor him and bless his name in other words the psalmist is suggesting that God has been so good to all of us that we can't wait until we get into the assembly but while we are on the way we be telling him thank you sir and saying to him bless your holy name and moving with the light in our spirit joy in our hearts excitement in our proportion and eager anticipation on our mind just like at the modern day football games folk be tailgating beforehand jumping and yelling around making their way into the stadium and they are concerned about who's looking at them or what they may think of them or even what they may have to say uh, but, and, and y'all have this student me right along in here but I find it amazing that the same folk who can jump and yell at the ball games are the ones who come to church and won't do a thing when worship is going on. Can I tell you uh, that that team on the field is really not going to do anything to contribute to your well-being or welfare, but this team I'm talking about God's team will do your soul a whole lot of good. And it seems to me that if we are going to root uh, uh, for any team, it ought to be God's team because this team's win will mean the difference between heaven or hell, peace or confusion, joy or pain, sunshine, oh, that's that Frankie Beverly, uh, eternal gain or everlasting loss. But again, it's a matter of what you do on the way don't get holy on me on the way to where the game is going on and of course the game that we are talking about is worship well during the course of my preparation the Lord gave me another analogy to share with you he said to actively engage in praise and worship is like vote can I say that again to actively engage yourself in praise and worship is like voting. 
when you don't vote the other team uh, that you uh, 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 don't want to, to, to win stands a better chance at winning. But the team that you want to win when you vote stands a better chance as well. That's why come Tuesday at 7 p.m., if you want your side to win, then your voting ought to be done or at least you ought to be standing in the line. So it is in worship. Every worshiper ought to cast your praise vote while you are still having a chance. Before the polls close and prior uh, to the opportunity passing you by, you ought to say, I'm going to count uh, and give my vote. You see, your vote does count. Your amen does matter. Your praise does register up in glory. And the unified expressions do come together as a propelling adrenaline rush to help somebody to hang on in there, to stay on the Lord's side, and to run on to see what the end is going to be. Your mask may muffle it, but it won't stop it. It will make a difference in the productive atmosphere of praise and worship. That's why as our first point, the Lord would have us to note that everyone should do everything that they can in order to play their part in making worship vibrant, viral, uh, viable, visible, exciting, attractive, appealing, upbeat, lively, interesting, pleasing, inviting, and engaging. For after all, like most things, you get out according to what you put in. And so if you don't put nothing in, don't look for nothing to come out. Can I get a witness in here? That's why when we folk go out to church talking about, I didn't get nothing out of church today. Maybe because you didn't put nothing in. Can I get a witness in here? Somebody ought to give God some glory. And, and y'all excuse me, but I, 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 the thought ran across my mind, so I thank the Holy Ghost for it. We want folk to come to church with us. Why would they come to a day? church. Somebody ought to help me here. If we want them to be in worship with us, we ought to make sure we do what we can to make the worship lively and inviting. And that will lead us to the second thing that the Lord will have us to embrace about worship, which is that worship is personal and it ought to take on the personality of the worshiper. Uh, that felt pretty good. I think I'm going to say that one more again. Worship is personal. And it ought to take on the personality of the worshiper. Those who are vibrant, vivacious, lively, upbeat, and outgoing will have a worship that will show their personality. And in the same way, the easygoing, the quiet, and the laid-back individuals will usually worship that that's uh, uh, the same way. And nothing's wrong with either. The, the problem comes when one tries to make the other to be something that they are not. Instead of saying, you do you and I'm going to do me. One criticizes others and the other puts the other down. However, worshipers should respect each other and accept the other as having mutual admiration and the same primary focus. In other words, as long as God is the object of admiration and adoration of the worshiper, the quiet and the loud, the emotional and the stoic, the bubbly and the listless, the upbeat and the lethargic, uh, the cheerful and the cheerless, uh, as long as God is the one being praised then you can't do it the wrong way uh, just be you and keep it real and let others be themselves worship is personal <laughs> and it takes on the personality of the worshiper that's why if you don't like way, the way somebody else worshiped and they're getting two doors for you maybe you might want to find another seat next sunday 
Y'all gonna help me just a little while. But there's this one other thing that, that, was ble- that I was blessed to, to see about the kind of praise and worship that the psalmist was talking about. And that is that our time and praise and worship should be done out of delight and not out of duty. Can I say that again? Our praise and worship should be done out of delight and not out of duty. In other words, we shouldn't do it because we feel like we have to do it. But we should do it because we really want to do it. It ought to be our pleasure. It should, we should look forward to it. And it should be that it gives us joy, happiness, and contentment to be in the number with fellow praisers and worshipers. After all, to get the, uh, the chance to join in with others, uh, to let the Lord know how grateful we are, somehow or another has a way of lifting us up to touch and agree with fellow comrades in this feeling of appreciation can go a mighty long way. The hook up and the link up with fellow practitioners of spiritual manners who enjoy the opportunity to tell the Lord how grateful they are as a way of boosting your confidence and giving you added energy to be surrounded by active engages in making it known that God has been good to them and that he has brought them through danger seen and unseen as a way of inspiring and encouraging and when someone tells their story shares their witness and gives their testimony about how the Lord came to see about them and that he showed up right on time that can't do anything but give you incentive to hang on in the and to wait on the Lord. That could be why the psalmist said in Psalm 122 verse number one, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Another one who had a refreshing experience in worship said in Psalm 84 verse number 10 for a day in thy courts it's better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. And then in Psalm 134 a happy worshiper put it on paper. He said behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, the Lord that made heaven and earth bless thee out of Zion. No wonder the song verse says, I'm glad to be in the service. I'm glad to be in the service. I'm glad to be in the service. One more time. He didn't have to let me live. He didn't have to let me breathe. I'm glad to be in the service. One more time. Do I have any glad folk in the room? Is there anybody here who feels the joy that comes from being in the number? Just one more time. Somebody ought to join me in saying, I came to praise him. I came to worship him. I came to lift him up. I 
came to tell him thank you and I came to give him glory. Has he been good to you? Has he opened doors for you? Did he make a way for you? Did he come to see about you? Did he bring you through anything? Somebody ought to give God some glory. I heard the singer say, all of my life, you have been faithful. All of my life, you've been so, so good. With every breath that I'm able, I will sing of the goodness of the Lord. Somebody ought to think about how good the Lord has been to you. And remember how he brought you through dangers, seen and unseen. How he made a way for you, how he opened doors for you, how he provided for you, how he healed your body and how he did it and he didn't have to do it. That's why you ought to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his court with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Somebody ought to say yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Has he been good to you? Did he make a way for you? Did you come to praise him? You ought to get an attitude about that thing and say, I ain't studying about what they may have to say about me. They don't know what the Lord has done for me. I came to praise him. I came to lift him up. I came to magnify him. I came to worship his holy, holy name. He is worthy of our, our praise. Somebody give God some glory in here. Hallelujah. 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 God has been better to us than we've been to ourselves. And I don't make no bones about it. When I come to church, I come to have church. I come to praise him. I don't care how ugly I get. Can I get a witness? I'm giving him my best every chance I get a chance to say something. Because he didn't care how ugly he got when he was hanging on that cross and gave his life for us. Somebody ought to praise him because when you think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for you, hallelujah, hallelujah, bless his marvelous name, God is good. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Please share with your family and friends so that uh, they will be able to tune in as well. And we hope that you will desire to learn more about our ministry. And if you would like to do so, you can visit our website at www.firstnazareth.com. That's First Nazareth. F-I-R-S-T-N-A-Z-A-R-E-T-H, one word, and follow our other social media channels as well. Thank you to those who support us financially. Please subscribe to our podcast.